And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Jesus with a lost and found story from Luke 15. We all need finding. Lost sheep, lost coins, Jesus described his kingdom in parables. Now think about losing something you really miss. Last week, our executive producer lost his wedding ring at the beach with his wife and family. That ring's still missing. Or a lost and found story from Bangor, Maine, with a ray of sunshine. A man lost his beloved cat, and a week later, he stops by a local humane society looking for a new feline friend. Guess what? His missing cat was there. Jesus finds and saves us. He will find us when he comes again. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And here on this first Wednesday of September, we're in a series called Homeward Bound. Yes, I'm ready now. Then close your eyes and tap your heels together three times and think to yourself, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's There's no no place like home. There's no place like home. I'm sure many of you remember that classic scene from The Wizard of Oz. Dorothy went on quite the journey after a tornado picked her up and took her to the land of Oz that existed somewhere over the rainbow and not in Kansas. And all Dorothy wanted to do was to go home. Of course, the journey was full of peril. But in the end... All she had to do was wear those ruby red slippers and chance there's no place like home, and she was quickly transported back to the Jayhawker state. I know many of us here in 2020 wish we had some ruby red slippers. It'd be great, wouldn't it, to escape the peril and trials of the day, to just go home. Our world is broken. Our society messed up. We're reminded every single day of pain and misery that sin brings our way. We're even tired. We need good news from a distant country. News that tells us a new world is coming, new heavens and a new earth. And that's what we long for. That's what it means to be homeward bound. For those of us with faith in Christ, that's where we're going. This life is a journey home. And it's only when we're absolutely sure of this that we're freed to live life to the Lord's glory here and now. The homeward bound life is a life of freedom, but not the kind of freedom we typically hear about. The Revelation of Jesus Christ is a book we need now more than ever. We're promised to be blessed if we read it. That's what it says. But have you read it? Have you heard it? Have you listened to Karen Heinbuck and the Revelation, a presentation where she dramatically recites this final book with music underneath and an original score with the London Symphony Orchestra? The Revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the Word of God, and the testimony of Jesus Christ. 
Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. You need your copy. Maybe you should give it away to somebody else. I'll tell you a story about that later on in the program. But you can get this two-CD set from Haven today for your minimum gift to this listener-supported ministry. All you need to do is give us a call after the program. Make that gift to the ministry here in the beginning of September, but ask for the revelation. The number to call is 800-654-2836, 800-654-2836. Or do your business online with us. We'd love to hear from you there. And leave us a prayer request as well when you visit us at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now, let's listen to Sidewalk Prophets. Sometimes I think, what will people say of me when I'm only just a memory? When I'm home where my soul belongs? Was I loved when no one else would show up? Was I Jesus to the least of us? Was my worship more than just a song? Say 
That is a group called Sidewalk Prophets and live like that here on Haven Today and a program called Homeward Bound. When we began our time together, I said the Homeward Bound life is a life of freedom, but not the kind of freedom we typically hear about. What did I mean by that? Well, I hope you can read my heart. I'm not trying to get into politics when I say this, but it seems to me that many Christians in North America today have forgotten the true meaning of freedom. We've turned freedom into license, a license to do whatever we want, if it fulfills the needs we feel we have, if it doesn't violate our wants. For many of us, Freedom means I have a right not to be inconvenienced by anyone or anything. And if I am inconvenienced, it means my freedom is being violated. Well, that's not freedom. That's selfishness. Our Lord Jesus Christ didn't have this mindset when he came to save us. He was imposed upon constantly. People wouldn't leave him alone. He couldn't go anywhere or do anything without someone asking him for something without religious leaders or his own family criticizing him or trying to prevent him from doing what he came to do. The life of Jesus was full of inconvenience. But remember what he told us in John chapter 10? No one takes my life from me. I lay it down. Jesus was the freest, and he used his freedom to take on the burdens of those around him. Freedom for every Christian is a license to be inconvenienced, a license to take another's burden out of love and devotion to the Lord who took our sin and shame upon his own shoulders, even though he didn't have to. That's the homeward bound life. It brings me to Revelation 12. Let's listen to it now from The Revelation Project and Karen Heimbach. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven. An enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. And there was war in Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They overcame him 
by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle, so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the desert, where she would be taken care of for a time, times and half a time, out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, that's what it takes to overcome the evil one. Revelation 12, dramatically recited by Karen Heimbach with a score underneath by the London Symphony Orchestra. Revelation 12 is a picture of the homeward life. It's a life that rejoices in the salvation we have been given in the Lord Jesus. But it's also a life that realizes this present age is not our final home. If you know your home is with Jesus, you won't pursue your own will, whatever the cost. You'll live truly free. I wonder if you caught what John said right after explaining how the evil one is overcome. He said, These believers who overcame the evil one through the blood and the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They didn't put their own needs and wants ahead of honoring their Savior. They were willing to lay their lives down if that's what it took. How many of us? live like that today. What I hear more often is Christians making sure they're taken care of first, and then if they have room left over, they can care for their neighbors or maybe even their communities. Our current pandemic has only exposed that selfishness more, I would say. Well, let me bring us back to another pandemic, one that wiped out more people than any other pandemic ever has. About 25 million people died. Cities were hit the hardest because, as we know, close proximity means disease spreads faster. Living in a city was the worst place to live when the Black Plague hit. So people did what you would expect. They left. They left the cities in droves, trying to save themselves. But you know who didn't? The Christians. So many believers stayed behind to take care of those who were already sick. They didn't love their own life so much that they weren't willing to stay back, behind. They stayed, and many of them contracted the plague and died. But you know what else? People came to the Lord when they saw this beautiful display of true freedom. Love given at one's own expense. That's true freedom. That's not loving your own life first. It's laying your life down for another. They went into the fray, knowing full well what was waiting for them. 
the great potential of death and suffering. And it wasn't because they were reckless. They weren't putting themselves in harm's way because they were hoping to die. They were doing it because of their love for the Lord. They understood what he had done for them. They knew for certain that they were on their way home. And it's only those who know where they're going, who they will be with eternally, that are willing to be inconvenienced for the sake of others. Remember when Jesus was with his disciples in the upper room? He was giving them his final words before going to the cross to take their sin upon himself. He said to them, Love one another, even as I have loved you. To my shame, and I say shame, I need to admit, I can't and don't love others the way Christ loved me. Too often I love my own life too much. Sure, I can be impatient and I even can be rude. I insist on my own way before I'm willing to listen or serve someone else. Well, that's not the way of Christ. He came freely, not because he had to, but because he wanted to, because he loved us and he came and died for us. He willingly laid down his life to save us, to bring us home. And for those of us who have our citizenship where he is first and foremost in heaven, he calls us to do the same, to lay down our lives freely, to consider the needs of others first, to inconvenience ourselves for their sake, to honor our Lord and serve him. And that's true freedom. And this is what it means to live homeward bound. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them Here am I Here am I 
by Caleb and Kelsey called Take My Life. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today and a series this week called Homeward Bound. Now, I think we need to admit something. Revelation can be a hard book to understand. And I've known many who've stayed away from it because of the strange imagery or hard-to-understand texts. But we must remember what this special letter, this unique vision, says as it opens. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart, what is written in it, because, listen up, the time is near. When you listen to Karen Heimbach recite dramatically the revelation, you instantly see how it was given to encourage the church of Jesus Christ to get excited and to get ready for his return. People start to connect the dots and they get a clue as to the overview, the overarching themes in the Word of God and how everything is tied together, the most magnificent bow in the book of Revelation. And I would say some of the recurring testimonies that I hear are among children. Children get it. They know it's this is between good and evil, and God is good, and God wins. And so even the scary parts don't scare them because they know that God is going to win. Goodness, if children are not fearful of the book of Revelation, uh, the adults should not be either. And yet, ironically, adults are fearful to read a book that God has promised would be major blessing to them. Karen Heimbach telling us about the Revelation, how it can be a blessing for both children and adults. And we've been hearing from many who are getting multiple copies to share with friends and family, like Jeanette in Quebec, Canada, who made a very generous gift to the ministry and is giving away nine copies to her family. Merci, Jeanette. We truly appreciate your support. What about you? You want to be blessed? You want to bless others? Call us right now. Call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-654-2836. Make your minimum gift to this listener-supported ministry and ask for your copy of The Revelation. Do it today. Or go online and listen to excerpts from this project. And while you're there, you can also 
get the short feature about the making of the Revelation Project, Karen talking about it, and behind-the-scenes footage as she's recording it live in studio. You just need to head over right now to haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And as we're opening a new month together, may I invite you to become a Haven Partner. Friends of the ministry who pray regularly and give automatically monthly. Partnering with us to share the great story. Ask about it when you call. You can also read about it more online. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? But again, we'll share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Recently, I saw a professional athlete on TV making outlandish claims about his superiority and skill. Now, confidence can be a good thing, but too much of it, and you get arrogant boasting. And I have to confess, in that moment, I secretly hoped he wouldn't do well in his next game. And I was wrong to do that. Because, yes, he may have been arrogant, but my heart was prideful about not being as prideful as he was. And I was reminded of Jesus' words, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? First, take out the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You can receive Anchor Devotional delivered in print every month. Just visit GetAnchor.com.